Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to a year of grace. It's Shannon, your something new podcaster. Y'all have been on my heart so heavily since we were together last time for episode eight. And I have received so many wonderful and insightful comments that today, rather than doing an extensive review of where we have been, what I feel would be most productive is begin with where we are going, where we were going all together. I mentioned to y'all last time in episode eight, near the end of our time together, as we were concluding our session, that when I am asked to pray over a sweet sister, her marriage, her children, her work environment, her church environment, a neighborhood difficulty, a family struggle or a hardship. Each time I am asked, I am humbled. I am filled with joy, not because I have a sweet sister in need of prayer, sweet dearies, certainly not. I'm filled with joy because in those moments of either desperation, concern, or anxiety, I can hopefully help that sweet, sweet, precious sister feel God's love wrap around her. Growing up in my original family home, we didn't pray. We didn't pray together. We occasionally would turn over a new leaf, usually led by, I I would think, guilt feelings from my parents. And we would say a, a simple quaint, common little blessing before we would eat supper together. Even more rarely, we might hold hands, the four of us, as we blessed our food. My dad would never do it. My mom would usually assign the task to my younger brother or to me. It always had the aura of phoniness, of awkwardness, and it it felt like something that wasn't available to my family. As I grew and pursued my faith on my own, and I observed in so many friends' homes an ease in talking about their faith, I 
I was filled with hopefulness because I knew that if it existed for others, it could surely somehow exist for me. And as I grew, my mama and my papa, who those who know me know of my great love for my maternal grandparents, my mama and my papa, as I grew, their ability and willingness to talk openly about their faith, to pray openly about their faith, was so helpful, reassuring, wonderful, welcoming, inviting to me. I have so many warm memories of all of us gathered around their huge table and my papa turning the thanks, as he would put it. He would gruffly mumble because my papa always mumbled <laughs> and he would mumble about bowing our heads to turn the thanks. And my papa would say that after having been out working his farm all day. And we all would. And it, it was sacred and it was holy. And it's sacred and it's holy now when I have a sweet sister who asks me to pray. I don't ever forget. And in fact, as it happens, many times in the middle of the night, I will find myself suddenly awake with that sweet sister on my heart and in my mind. And I will begin to pray yet again for her and her specific need. That grace from God to that sister through my words, it is always joyful. It is always humbling. Paul, the man we spoke of last time, with his letter to the Philippians, Paul was a man who spent a great deal of time being persecuted for his faith, and he spent a great deal of time in prayer. As we turn our attention to look at his thoughts on prayer in just a moment together, what I would like us to do is to keep his thoughts in mind as I begin to share them, Keep the words from Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2, our text verse in mind, as I read them aloud, just in case you don't have your Bible handy today, and keep the thoughts that I'm about to share about conflict in mind, and we will line those three things up together and begin to see the grace that God pours out on our lives through prayer. In the Psalms, in Psalm 67, I know you will remember verse 1 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us 
that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Now, I am going to take a short break, and when I return, we will be right back in the book of Philippians, talking about conflict and talking specifically in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, about our response. Y'all stay with me. I will be right back. Hi, this is Meg, and you are listening to A Year of Grace by the Something New Podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. just a moment. When was the last time that you recall reading the words of an author, of a friend, of a family member in your Bible, words that stopped you on a dime, made your eyes open wide, maybe brought a lump into your throat, maybe made tears roll down your cheeks. The words of someone going through something that was so hard, so unfair, and she was starting to see the other side. And she had a plan And the plan was not yet built on grace. The plan was built on determination and the strength of her own force and will. Beautiful words, words straight from her heart and her spirit. But words that without grace were surely short of pure success. Not too very long ago, I was asked to begin praying with someone, a sweet sister, about a situation. And long before she made the situation public, we had been praying for many months. It's a very hard situation that she has found herself in. And she can see the finish line. She is by all accounts a role model, a hero, a survivor. And the words that she shared with me stopped me cold and made me weep. I love her dearly. Pray for her fiercely. And I know with all my wisdom, without grace, the conflicts will remain here 
is what I have discovered in all of these years of ministry for women about conflicts. Our worlds, our specific cities, our neighborhoods, our political structures, our family units. When there is no room left for grace, the relationships that are in conflict will not survive. Over these many, 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 nearly two decades, I hear trivializing. I hear excuses. I hear all manner of this is and that's and wins and why's and why nots. I very rarely hear the truth. It is stunning to me the discourse that a few short years ago would not have been allowed to exist in our world, between our people, in relationships with one another. I do not need to look far any single day It amazes me. Where is grace? I am not talking about old men and sweet ladies standing in groups and and tisk, 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 tisking. We're shaking our heads at one another. And offering up platitudes and saying things like, well, I don't know. What's this world coming to? Boy, I don't know. You hear that a lot in the South. Boy, I don't know. Our Father offers us His grace for our conflicts. Our Father is calling us to receive the offer of His grace for our conflicts. In my sweet sister's case, this is true. In cities and neighborhoods and churches and marriages and families, on volleyball teams and little t-ball teams, in colleges, in Christian colleges, where sexual abuse of young women is rampant and rampantly accepted. Our Father offers us His grace. Our Father does not stand by And shake his head and tisk tisk and offer subtle platitudes and say, boy, I don't know. 
his people, his daughters struggle with real conflicts. And when we return from this very short break, I will share with you the words in Philippians that inform us as to how we are to proceed. I will be right back. Hi, this is The Chief, and you are listening to A Year of Grace by The Something New Podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. Sweet dearies, in our world, conflict is so prevalent. Every family seems to have stories of conflict. Every business seems to be burdened by conflict. Our political system is rife with conflict, conflict, conflict. Every single day, more and more conflict. Our schools, our churches, friendships, marriages, neighborhoods, communities, without the offer from our Father of His grace, His undeserved, unmerited, unwarranted, benevolent favor. We have no hope against this ever-rising wave of conflict that threatens the existence of his daughters who desire to walk in faith. Paul spoke of this to us. He gave us a blueprint in Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses Four and five. Let me share these words with you. Each of you should look not only to, okay, it's a very important phrase. Each of you should look, should focus on, should study, should be aware of. Each of you should look not only to what, I wonder, not only to your own interests, hmm, but also another extremely important phrase. So each of us are called to not only look to our own interests, but also we are called by our Father to look to the interests of others. Verse 5 continues this thought, your attitude, so he's speaking to me, he's speaking to you, your attitude, he's also speaking now to the person causing the conflict, your attitude should be the same as, hmm, now we're going to meet the model 
for what we should be patterning our attitude after. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Because you are not just looking to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. As we study further next time, the next time we are together, and we review Philippians chapter 2 more fully, we will take into account this, this chapter in particular is called Imitating Christ's Humility. Now, I have to tell y'all, when he first called me to begin studying Philippians again, and specifically chapter 2 again, when I first read the, the title, I looked at it quite quickly as I was just skimming over, just getting a quick glance at it so I could begin praying on it before I even began to study it. Because I feel that helps me, and it's a wonderful tip to share with you, all of you, because one thing that many of you do ask is for me to share as many tips as I can. I looked at it, and instead of reading the words, imitating Christ's humility, I actually read out loud to myself, imitating Christ's humanity. And when I looked at it the second time and I saw my error imitating Christ's humanity was not correct, imitating Christ's humility, I thought, well, of course, of course. Look at the way Christ the man lived his humanity. He always looked to the interests of others. That was his human life. That is how he lived. Many of you have asked how it is I am going about preparing these podcasts. <laughs> this is very much the same as preparing to write and teach Bible studies, either standalone Bible studies, multi-session Bible studies, or a Bible study that might last an entire season, an entire spring, or an entire semester, or in the case of my first Bible study that I ever um, wrote and presented and taught an entire year. And what happens is turning out to be the same as what happened before. Before, I, if you have seen the movie Castaway, the wonderful movie Castaway, with Tom Hanks, phenomenal actor that he is, he was stuck on his, his island. He was stuck there with his companion, <laughs> Wilson. 
And that's where he stayed. And the waves, the tide kept pushing in and pushing in and pushing in. And he only had, you'll remember, that little window of time each year when if he had anything to leave the island on safely, he could somewhat make a break for it, if you will. Well, finally, y'all know this story. The tides brought him the sail, and he and Wilson left the island. For me, the comparison was... At that time, when I was writing and teaching these Bible studies, my island (laughs) was literally a small, circular, wooden kitchen table. And those tides would roll in at 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And I would go and sit there and study and write and study and write and study, study, study and write the Bible studies. And if perhaps I had an eight-week Bible study that I was writing, and then I was in a month or two teaching that Bible study, usually by the time I was at week two or week three, I knew from the tides rolling in, from what I I was hearing in my spirit from our Father, I knew what was next. I knew where he was leading my precious ladies, my little flock, and I to study. I knew. And so (laughs) I would be teaching my Bible study and writing our next Bible study. That's exactly what's happening now. It's exactly the same thing. The only difference And I long for this to be rectified, and I'm not sure how to do it. The only difference is we're not all together. We're, there is not supposed to be crying in podcasts. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. But we're not all together yet, all in one room. And y'all know I've got my hands out in my big oval right now. Because my heart wants us all in one room. There is no doubt that this is all grace from our Father. Not just to me, to us all. It's His message through the call He has on my life. So that we all can grow in his grace. It astounds me. And I would so dearly love for us all to be together. To share it. It's a huge prayer. But when I pray all the time. So y'all please join me in praying now. And tell me that you are so I will know. Next time, when we're together in a few short weeks, we are going to be taking up residence right here in Philippians and working our way through grace and conflict and prayer and our verse, our text verse in the Psalms. And I have so much more 
to share. But y'all know those are stories for another day when we are able to gather once again all together. So until that day, y'all, for now, for me in Texas, that's a wrap. Love you guys. Bye for now.